1: This is the Steelers standard on Steelers nation radio and podcast on Steelers.com
2: defense had their usual lights out performance against Cincinnati 10 points allowed three of those on the last second drive by the Bengals uh, when the Steelers were up by two scores made the game a little tight a little too tight Mm -hmm. for a lot of people Mm -hmm. Uh, looked like you might actually win by double digits for a change. I don't think that's actually allowed. And I think <laughs> it's in the Geneva Convention that the Steelers aren't allowed it to could, win by double Tom, digits. Tom, could we
0: possibly see it in either of these next two weeks? No, it's not allowed. The Steelers okay. aren't allowed Got to. It. They might not be up by double digits
2: for the majority of the game, but at but the very end, there will be okay, a backdoor understand. cover of single-digit victory uh, for the Pittsburgh Steelers. TJ Watts sacking the quarterback. Trent Thompson, huge tip of the cap to him. Yeah. What a great interception. Splash play that you want.
0: To Took undercut points a route away from the run by Jamar
2: Chase? Really, really good stuff there from the understudy of Minka Fitzpatrick. Now, hopefully you get the real Theo Minka yeah. Fitzpatrick back in the fold. Next We've been week, waiting hey, for a while now. But, hey, that's, that secondary needs help. And with Neil still on IR, Trenton Thompson has found himself a spot even Definitely. when Minka comes back. He'll be out there not all the time like he has yeah. been, but he's going to get a helmet and he's going to play defensive snaps on Sunday against with the it. Cardinals. The big difference, though, in this game between the Steelers and the Bengals – for the Steelers' defense is for a change of pace, they were the ones that weren't on the field for a lot of this game. And the offense for the Steelers had to go out there and play most of the game. 22 minutes of possession for the Cincinnati Bengals. That's all they had. Mark put it this way on the show Monday. That is as close to a day off on a Sunday without a bye week that you'll get as that defense and I think it comes at such a great time in the schedule that last game in November. You 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 obviously had to go out there and play, but it was a very relaxing performance. You got to sit on the bench for a lot of that second half. It's good to kind of have that recharge moment heading into December when you're going to need that defense to be, you know, at their best to try to close out these next 3 maybe 4 wins and solidify mm. your spot in the playoffs. So, I think it's a a very great advantage for this team now to get that rest against the Bengals. I'd like to see it more against the Cardinals and Patriots, too. Kind of conserve some of that energy for the games against Seattle and Seattle, Indy and Indianapolis, the ones that are going to have a lot of weight when it comes to the playoff race. Definitely. So I love the fact that the defense was able to sit, take a little breather every once in a while. TJ even mentioned that in his post-game press conference that it was nice for a change to be on the bench for a lot in the second half. I mean, they were not used to doing that. It's not used to doing that, and for a team that is injured on the defensive side of the ball, that kind of easy performance on a Sunday I think is going to go a long way as they continue to get healthier in the areas that they can get healthier in.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest part of it was showing that you can – what do they hold the Cincinnati offense, rushing-wise, 25 yards? Yep. I mean – to just take away the the most effective way of of keeping the opposing defense on the clock, and they just stuff them entirely. Uh, of course, Cincinnati is not going to be great at running the ball, especially when they have Jake Browning out there instead of Joe Burrow. But still, it, it just this could have been a really bad day. I think for this team, offensively and defensively, it could have looked a lot like last week where Cleveland had the lower hand in terms of a of a seemingly quarterback advantage and they still came away with the win they still came away with a time of possession win as well and I I don't know what kind of it had to have provided some kind of dramatic spark the firing of Matt Canada but it seemed like not just for the offense but for the defense to just completely shut down this team I mean I mentioned Joe Mixon and the running offense for Cincinnati finished with 25 yards Tom, Jamar Chase finished with four catches, two of which were tip balls, which you just cannot account for at all. So you take away those two tip balls, Jamar Chase finishes with two catches on the day. Two normal NFL catches on the day. I don't think you could have asked for a better performance by the defense overall. The guys in the front, the guys in the secondary, like you said, T.J. Watt got his. He finished with two sacks, could have finished with a little more. If the scorekeepers gave him a little bit more credit, could have finished with like two and a half on the day. Uh you mentioned Trenton Thompson had his interse- had his interception. Demonte KZ had an interception in his hands at some point in the game, and, and unfortunately had it drop. So there were multiple chances for turnovers in this game. I I even remember the last game, the last sack of the game. T.J. Watt. It was the sack where he was essentially unblocked. You know, you know what I'm talking about he uh he i I don't know how this happened, but he was ripping that ball out of Jake browning's hands, and somehow Jake Browning held on to it for dear life. I'm shocked still to this day all these days later that Jake Browning managed to hand out hold on to that ball. uh Chanon Sullivan, you know, got into the into the backfield unfortunately whipped on that sack on on Jake browning and it turned into a first down. but a lot of people were involved. Joey Porter, I mean, essentially shut down Jamar Chase for the Bengals. I I really I know Matt Canna was fired on offense, but it seemed like there was a spark on defense too. Yeah, well,
2: I think that just is natural. Is you saw such a dramatic shakeup, something that an organization hadn't done since World War II, that it's going to get everybody's attention in that building, not just on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, look, you were playing Jake Browning; he was making his first start in his NFL career. And that's exactly what you need to do to a quarterback making that first start. You need to make him go out and be the reason why you win or lose the game if you're the Bengals. And the Steelers did that by just completely cutting off that running game and completely cutting off Joe Mixon. Uh, Bengals had 10 first downs total in this game, and nine of them were from passing first downs. They didn't have a single rushing first down. They got one first down via penalties. They were 2 of 10 on third down uh, efficiency. In this game, juxtaposed with the Steelers being 8-for-17, the Steelers getting 22 uh, first downs, 15 via the pass, 6 via the run, and 1 via penalties. Um, You know, looking at the Bengals side of things, this kind of looks like the, the box score that you'd seen from the Steelers for the past yeah you know, how many
0: absolutely. years and a half. Absolutely. Uh, the, I mean, as, as of four weeks ago, the running game, too. Like you, as, you would have said 25 yards. Yeah, it makes a lot of well, sense. Especially the third-down efficiency. I oh, yeah. The
2: one that reminds yeah. you a lot of what the Steelers had been struggling mm-hmm. with because they had been so bad at converting third downs mm-hmm. keeping drives alive 8 for 17 for the Steelers in this game was breath of fresh air um about over 50% doing that and 2 for 10 for the Bengals that's that's what you have been used to as Steelers fans but kudos to the defense for you know not only playing extremely well, getting off the field on third downs at an 80% clip. Um, that's just phenomenal in the NFL. And I don't care who your quarterback is. Um, that's, that's a a really good job to allow the offense of the Steelers to continue to have that time of possession, continue Mm -hmm. to squeeze the air out of that football because Bengals had three downs to get a first down. And that was pretty much it. They, they would have to punt pretty much right away. So, uh, I think the offense obviously is getting so much attention in the past mm-hmm. couple of days, and rightfully so. But the defense just is as solid as it ever has been, and the usual suspects making big splash plays as well um, week in and week out. It's it's become a, something that people say, and we argued, is it sustainable? Well, that defensive performance by the Steelers is is proving to be a sustainable one. Uh, because that unit does it week in and week out.
0: Yeah, I mean, let's go over the drives for the Bengals. Three and out, a four-play drive that ended in a punt. Their one touchdown of the day. Three and out, five-play drive that ended in a touchdown. Uh, the end of the, the half, just a, a kneel down. An interception, a four-play drive that ended in a punt. A three and out, and then their field goal. Their only other scoring drive of the game. So, really good job by the Steelers to not... Not only not allow points to be scored on the board, but we've been talking about them as if they're this bend don't but don't break defense. Tom, I count one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Seven other ten drives were five plays or less that ended in a punt or a turnover.
2: Oh, they were not bend but don't break. They were just uh, don't bend they at all. Just. Uh, they were steel. They were as mm-hmm. form- there you go. formidable as steel in that game. One more thing I want to get to about that side of the ball before we talk about the defense as a whole and where they rank in the NFL sure. in an important statistical category. You kind of mentioned it a little bit with Jamar Chase having the four catches for 81 yards. Well, like 53 of those yards came off of those two-tip passes. two-tip so, so it really right. is like two catches for like 30 yards. Yeah. JPJ shadowed him again. Yeah. This was another week where we've seen them kind of buck the recent trend of your left side, your right side with the Steelers' corners. Just following. It has been Joey Porter Jr. Mm -hmm. This is now Amari Cooper. This is now Christian Watson. This is now DeAndre Hopkins. Mm -hmm. And Jamar Chase. This is four weeks in a row where a clear number one for that team has been drawing the coverage of Joey Porter Jr. for the most part in the game. And yeah, has been for the most part a non-factor. Joey... Did have that kind of, I don't want to say welcome to the NFL moment, but kind of like it was a great play by Jamar Chase where he had the mouthpiece in his hand right. and he still caught the pass when Joey and him were kind of hand fighting. Good coverage from Joey. Mm-hmm. Like I said, that was kind of, uh, hey, there's Jamar Chase's out here that are going right. to do this to you every now right. and again. How do you respond to that? He responded incredibly well. You obviously didn't get the full Chase matchup because the guy throwing the football wasn't the usual right. guy throwing the football to of Chase. Course. But I got a four straight weeks of of Joey Porter Jr. really dominating a legit number one receiver in this league. Did get one of those penalties called on him yeah, again? Yeah,
0: I was. I'm glad you brought that up. How do you feel about I'm that? Because you. I'm
2: seeing it week. No, after I'm telling week, you, Tom. it's a
0: reputation
2: thing. Once he gets himself established as the premier shutdown corner in the NFL, you one think of those them, will go away? Once he establishes himself as, hey, this guy's a little handsy, but it's usually within the five yards. It's usually within the rule books that's going to start to go away a little bit more. I hope so. Amar Chase has a bigger status than Joey Porter Jr. For sure. Amari Cooper has a bigger status than Joey Porter Jr. in these refs' eyes, in the league's eyes. Give it a little bit of time, even by next year, he's going to— you're going to see, I think, some of those calls slip away from him because refs are going to start giving JPJ the benefit of the doubt. Right now, he's just a rookie. They see a lot of hands flying around, and mm-hmm. they just assume that
0: he's probably cheating. I hope you're right because it does feel like however many that weeks that was also a season, knock on him
2: at the beginning of all of this. Yeah, he's that he could handsy, be handsy right? that he, handsy, he could right, be a penalty-prone right. player.
0: I hope, you're, I hope his reputation does come to the point where the refs have to say it's just he's the better player. You can't say that he's at fault here or— or deserving of a penalty, because it's it's just really starting to bother me that we've been seeing it week after week, him getting those calls. Despite the fact that he's continuing to shut down these guys, he's not getting that benefit of the doubt yet. I really want that to come soon, because I'm sick of these egregious penalties coming at him when they're really not deserving to be thrown at all. Not deserving to be thrown at all. It's not like I they, mean, but they- okay, when I say not deserving... How many times do you see that play in a given well, in a given weekend of NFL football? Yeah, no, I think that a they billion. Could, they and so for them to like ways. choose when to pick and throw it, for them to choose to throw it on Joey Porter Jr. week after week week after week is what bothers me.
2: Okay, I could see that. I could see it from that perspective. I, I just think that this is something that I don't think will last much longer. I, ho- I hope you're right. Once no, he I hope becomes right. you know that all pro caliber player yeah. that he looks like he's he's going to be because. Mm-hmm. Can't pass tests as well as the rookie has passed tests, um, going up against such a gauntlet of wide receivers and pretty much coming out on top as the winner of each battle, uh, mm-hmm. week in and week out. Look forward to seeing what he, um, obviously there's nothing really this week. You what you got, Hollywood? Yeah. Down. I mean, yeah. the
0: next two weeks, just Joey Porter Jr. can just make sure that Kyler Murray and Mac Jones just have basically
2: one person isn't available to them, whoever right. that one person is. Um, then you go into the indie game. We got like a Michael Pittman that you got to deal yeah, with. Yeah, so not as scary. He's faced the scary one for sure already. And Seattle, Baalt- Seattle, will be interesting with DK or Lockett, whichever one you choose. Probably DK though. Um, yeah, I guess. And then so. Baltimore, yeah. OBJ. But I mean, hopefully about that, that time. Him I mean, you have
0: you have like you just laid out. You have New England and Arizona, where there's not a single receiver on either of those teams that really scare you. Uh, Indy, you said there could be a guy, but you don't really expect him to have the better day over JPJ, but hopefully once you get to that last stretch, and I can't even really consider Cincinnati a, a huge threat at Jamar this point. Is
2: just so handcuffed, yeah.
0: To to Joe Burrow. Yeah. You know? Right. But hopefully even by that point, you have Minka Fitzpatrick back. Well, so you don't even have to worry about Joey Porter Jr. doing this all on his own. The Minka thing is peculiar. Because this is now four games that he's missed, so, so you I wonder why he think, hasn't been on IR. It's got to be something set like back. Pat, right? Where Pat came off, and then you clear the roster spot, and then something back. happened. But Pat, right? Because on. why would they clear him, or why would they not put him on IR when every week he's been, he's remained questionable? It's not likely to play. It was questionable, 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 doubtful.
2: People thought he was going to be back by the Browns game. Right? There was a lot right? of speculation that he would play in the Browns game, and then he didn't. And then it was kind of like, well, he's definitely back for the Bengals game. And then he didn't. He is very adamant, Minka, and saying that he did not suffer a setback. And the team has been very hush-hush about it. But it is a little weird if that that's you wouldn't case, put him then, on IR. Yeah,
0: because now it's been four weeks. And you could have activated him this week and you could have played him this week. Yeah. It, it's been four games. It's peculiar. Seems uh-huh. like there's some smoke to this I don't, fire. I don't blame Minka for saying, listen... I know my body, and you're not going to tell me how my body works. I know I haven't suffered anything. That's the right thing to do. Yeah, the setback could be very minor. And I'm
2: assuming that it is, or else we would have heard about an IR move Mm -hmm. or a potential season ender. Um, But it seems like, you know, ever since last week against the Browns, it's been this is the week, this is the week, and we're going to hear the same all week this week leading up to Arizona, is that this is the week he'll return. I've got to believe
0: it's not season ending because if it was – if there was any indication this could be season season ending, they wouldn't do that. Unless you're looking at like a Rod Woodson circa 1995 kind of thing, where Bill Cowher purposely didn't put him on the IR so that he could come back. But I don't think they're really. I don't think they're trying to save Minka Fitzpatrick for the first weekend of football in, in February.
2: Now, the Steelers' defense is obviously the lifeblood of the team. This is the reason why, for the most part, they're 7-4. and Maybe the offense can do some heavy lifting down the stretch and and help out with that record, but it's a defensive-oriented football team. But the debate still rages of, are they really a great defense or are they just an opportunistic defense? And you will find people who say that they're opportunistic and not that great. They'll point to total yardage allowed. They'll point to rushing yardage allowed where they're in the middle of the pack or for total yardage, they're towards the bottom. In the NFL, like, I think the team that they're right above, Jacob, in total yardage is Arizona, just to put it in perspective. Wow. And people use that, and they frame that as, see, this team, it's not great defensively. You go up and down the field on them. Steelers haven't given up more than 20 points since September. Got it. Was it the 18th, week two? September 17th, I think, was week two. Whatever game, whatever day was week two against the Browns, that Monday night football game, They haven't given up more than 20 points since that date.
0: No, no, you're forgetting the Texans game.
2: Forget the Texans game. That game didn't count. That's a wash. Since the Texans game, they haven't given up more than 20 points. Yeah. They have now climbed themselves up to fifth in the NFL in scoring
0: defense, allowing 18.6 points per game. Yeah, I'll just hit you with the numbers here. Since that Texans game... 10 points against the Ravens, 17 against the Rams, 20 the, the the high against the Jags, 16 against the Titans, 19 against the Pack, uh, 13 against the Browns, and 10 against the Bengals. And that's good to get their average down to 18.6.
2: 18.6 with two teams in San Fran and Houston that exploded on you.
0: Right. That scored more than 30
2: points. That's around Dallas. That's around Kansas City, Baltimore, San Francisco, Buffalo, Cleveland. That's around all of the defenses that are considered to be elite Elite. in the NFL. And that's the stat that matters more than all others, is how many points did you give up? At the end of the day, that's all that really matters. You can go up and down the field as many times as you want. If you don't get in the end zone or if you don't make your field goals, that's a win for the defense. That stat, I think, should be held above all other when you look at the defense and you can add on the turnover margin and how they're one of the best in the NFL at taking the football away. And, you know, they're great at sacking the quarterback as well. But the fact that they're fifth in the NFL in scoring defense, that right there is telling me that this is indeed a great defense in today's NFL.
0: Oh, it absolutely is. And that's because it has the players like cam Hayward and, and TJ Watt and, now Joey Porter Jr. you can say in the backfield and I really am looking forward to Mika Fitzpatrick returning I just think too now when you're going up against these teams these aren't scrub teams the Steelers were playing these weren't scrub offenses right the ravens with Lamar only allowed 10 points the rams when Matt Safford and Puka and and, and Chris and well um Cooper Cup were all healthy only allowed 17 points the jags i mean yeah they lost the game but only allowed 20 points uh these aren't really soft offenses they're going up against. They're pretty decent, and down the stretch, like we mentioned, they play Arizona. They play New England. You got to assume that 18.6 on goes even lower after those two weeks. Uh, the Colts have a decent offense led by Garner Minshew. You have to hope that gives you some advantage over them when they're relying on Jonathan Taylor and their offensive weapons. And then you draw the... The uh, Bengals once more. So you have to go into Seattle. Seattle's got a pretty good offense. And then you have the the Ravens on the road the last week of the season. I have, like, this defense, I mean, the, the story of this season is, of course, the offense because of Matt Canada, because of Kenny Pickett, because of the two-headed beast and Jalen Warren and Najee Harris. But this defense right now is obviously the backbone of this team, and you can't question that. Uh, the reason that they're winning any of these games is because they're averaging such low numbers against them. I mean, we're we're talking about low points against. Tom, look at the points for since that Texans game, only 17 points on offense against the Ravens, only 24 points against the Rams, 10 against the Jaguars, 20 against the Titans, 23 against the Pack, 10 against the Browns, 16 against the Bengals. That's I mean, that's not a that's not an offense to be proud of and we know what happened during that course? Uh, Matt Hanna was in charge and and subsequently let go. But without this defense, Tom, you I mean, there's there's two ways to look at it. You could say if the offense was a competent offense, instead of being 7-4, and four, this team could be 9-2, and two, if you really wanted to say that. But without this defense, you could easily be looking at it like a 2-8 and eight record just because they're not scoring enough points, and their defense is the only reason that they're staying competitive enough because of their, because of their ability to not let up points. So there's different ways to look at the season, but 100% you cannot deny the defense is the backbone of this team.
2: Anybody who would deny that is foolish. I'm very happy to see them at number five in that scoring defense category yeah. uh, in the company. It's just keep. you kind
0: of like you would kind of like to see the yards kind of come down as well. Yeah, because the yards the, against total passing and rushing obviously got a big boost this week when they played the Bengals and barely let up 200 yards total in. Uh, you you like to see that uh, number continuing to come down. Hopefully, you get some more boosters against the Cardinals and Patriots, two pretty putrid offenses in general. So, you just like to see that that yards against kind of mirror the points against at some point. But
2: scoring is all that matters. Oh, so you're, you're absolutely gonna, if you're going right. to keep bending but not breaking. Yeah. Hey, that might cause for some heart palpitations for us watching. No, you're absolutely right. that's more than right. okay. Before we wrap up the episode, Teddy KGB is in the corner. He's licking Oreos like crazy. He's almost And he's out. ready it, the, for this he's week. He's got the family-sized double stuffed, and they're almost already gone, so we got to get to the moneymaker. You want to go first? I'm going to go first, okay. and I'm going to give it to Pat. Pat Fryermuth. Pay that man his money. Career-high day, 120 yeah. yards, nine catches on 11 tar, 11 targets is the thing that oh. really just jumps out to me. That is a conscious effort to get this guy involved in your game plan, and they did it with great success. So <laughs> Pat Fryermuth, nine catches, 120 yards. Quarterback Kenny Pickett, I don't think it's a coincidence that he looked the best that he has maybe in his entire career more sufficient mm. that he has. I would I
0: would have just liked to see a touchdown. Yeah, but he had a safety
2: that. blanket in Pat Fryermouth. That right. can be a quarterback's best friend. You're right. Now you have game film of Faulkner and Sullivan and the offense that mm-hmm. they like to call Arizona. They're gonna tighten up the middle of the field a little bit. It's up to the Steelers to respond and still keep Fryermuth involved because you can't just let this guy go away if the matchup dictates that he's not going to, you know, they're going to try to take him away. You
0: can't just attack one game just to calm the fans who say, why don't you ever throw across the middle of the field or. Uh, Calling the media, who points it out in all the press conferences that the coaches have to sit through and the players have to sit through. You can't just do it once, just to calm everybody over. You gotta keep pushing. You gotta keep using that middle of the field. You saw how effective it was for you against Cincinnati. You gotta keep pushing.
2: All right, your money maker. My money
0: maker. You mentioned a guy that went over a hundred yards on offense. I'll mention the guy that just missed it? I gotta give Najee Harris his money. Ooh. Paid that the the hell was that. I don't know, Teddy KGB is just a little trigger-happy over there. Oh, my God, literally trigger-happy. Literally. He's like a space gun, it sounds like. Najee Harris, as we mentioned earlier, if it weren't for the last drive where the Steelers were trying to kill that clock, would have finished the day with over 100 yards. Uh, He's inching his way, Tom, to another 1,000-yard season. As much as people were calling for Jalen Warren to be the starter over him, I think in these last four weeks, even though Jalen Warren has been studly, right, to see that they both are capable of doing it has really gotten people to kind of come back to earth to say, it's not just about, should you give the ball to Jalen, should you give the ball to Nalajie, just appreciate that you have two guys Mm -hmm. that are capable of of grounding and pounding the ball for you, not just one. You don't have to pick and choose between the two. You got two. And we were happy to give Najee, or Jalen Warren uh, his money last week, but we're just as happy to do it this week for Najee Harris. You can gear up with
2: the latest sideline apparel hats or jerseys of your favorite players, authentic memorabilia, custom items and exclusives you can only find directly from the team at one of the official Steelers Pro Shops located at Acrisure Stadium, the Grove City Premium Outlets, or the Tanger Outlets, or visit us online at shop.steelers.com. Week 12 in the books around the NFL. We'll talk about the rest of the action Uh, from Sunday and Monday night when we return on the Steelers Standard.